0: This episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by Courtyard by Marriott and Residence Inn by Marriott here in the beautiful city of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Both locations are close to campus. You've got walking distance to restaurants. You've got Starbucks in the lobby and most of all they are members of the Eagle Club. So the next time you come to the Hub City, and you need some hotel reservations to check out your Golden Eagles, be sure you check out Courtyard by Marriott and the Residence Inn by Marriott. You'll sleep easy. Now let's get to the show.
1: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey.
2: Bump is uh, pretty good.
1: But the reality is...
2: They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk.
0: You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. Jason will be here in a bit. It's game week. You guys focus, motivated, ready to go. Southern Miss taking on Jackson State. Saturday night, that's September the 1st at 6 p.m. Be there at The Rock. If for some reason you're a ways away, ESPN Plus, you can check check out the game on that platform. You have to have a subscription, but it sure beats missing the game altogether. But be at The Rock. Seriously, not even playing. Can you smell it? Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Can you smell what's cooking at The Rock? Can you smell what's cooking outside The Rock? I'm ready to tailgate. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Big show this week. First game of the year. Always one of the biggest shows of the year. Make sure you spread the black and gold gospel. Tell your friends about the show. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, I Heart Radio, and Stitcher, among others. My website, jamierrington.net slash to the top talk, has the links to all those platforms where you can listen to the show. All right, so I've hinted about it the past few weeks, about a huge announcement coming for Homecoming Weekend. We made this announcement last week. Here it is, Friday, October the 19th. At the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg, Hannibal Burris. You may have seen Hannibal. He was in Spider-Man last year. He was in Tag, a movie that came out this past summer. He was in Daddy's Home. He's been on all kinds of TV shows. Used to write for SNL and 30 Rock. He's got specials on Netflix. He's got specials on Comedy Central. One of the biggest names in comedy right now. So I'm sitting there two weeks ago on a Sunday. My phone beeps, get a text message from him. Hey, I'm playing the Sanger Theater in New Orleans on October 20th. Let's see about doing Hattiesburg on the 19th. Had no choice but to make it happen. And it it really worked together because that's a great event for Homecoming Weekend, you know. But but look him up. I know he's not going to be for all the listeners, but look him up, check out his videos, um, make sure that he's your speed of comedy before you come out to the show. But those who know him are fans. He's somebody I get requests about all the time. So, really excited to have Hannibal back in the Hub City. This is his fourth time here. And the last time he was here it was so funny. It was kind of a show booked on a whim because he was in New Orleans filming Daddy's home. And I got a, um, he shows up and he talks about all the people that hit him up on social media. And he's like, the only place I play in Mississippi is Hattiesburg. Uh, you want me to come to Oxford? Get on the bus. You know, so it was, it's really great. Uh, he really loves coming to Hattiesburg and, and really excited to have him back. His grandmother lives in Belzona. She's got a Tupac poster hanging on the wall, but uh, (laughs) again, excited about that show. Tickets are on sale now. Still some great seats left, um, but they're starting to move, so be sure you get your tickets soon. All right, let's get into the show. It's Southern Miss time, baby. My first guest today used to cover the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. His family is media royalty in Mississippi. Right now, he's covering Jackson State for the Clarion Ledger. Please welcome... Tyler Cleveland So Tyler, the Jackson State Tigers had a rough start to the 2017 season, but they started to play better as the preseason progressed, finishing the season 3 and 8. Tell us about Jackson State 2017 up through the spring camp.
1: Well, I mean, I think you're, what you're looking at there is year 2 of uh, a rebuilding era uh under Tony Hughes, uh and you know, they had the same record as they did in two thousand sixteen, uh, but I thought they played better and and like you said, particularly towards the end of the season. Um what's plagued them over these first two years of his tenure is they have not had good quarterback play. Uh and that's that's kind of what you saw play out last year. They really couldn't get anything done on offense, but at the end of the year the defense just allowed, you know, I think three touchdowns in the last four games, uh and that's how they came out, you know, uh, in three of the last four games. That's how they came out on top there at the end of the year. Um, and then, you know, I think after that, they kind of pulled the trigger on changing directions offensively. Um, instead of, you know, the ground and pound, they're just going to run the air raid. And they couldn't, you know, couldn't have found a better guy to come in than mummy uh from Bellhaven College, one of the curators of the air raid offense. He comes in. Uh, and then, you know, in the spring, it was just basically everybody learning the new system. Uh, and now that we've gotten through that, it seems like they've got a hold of it. Uh, and I hope so, because, you know, here we are a week out to um, three weeks in fall camp. Uh, and so we got a whole complete new uh, offensive scheme, uh, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. So, uh, you know, they feel like if they can get things fixed on that side of the ball, maybe the defense will still be salty enough to win
0: some games. You mentioned new offense, new quarterbacks. There's a quarterback battle going right on right now. How have the Tigers progressed on the offensive side of the ball in fall camp?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, during the spring, like I said, it was basically just making sure guys knew, um, you know, the terminology and tried to pick up the offense as best they could. Started working with the receivers on their routes. You know, they have, I don't know how many different route trees they have. I mean, if you printed it out, it'd be a binder. Um, but, you know, it's just, I've been like that with Coach Mummy everywhere he's been and he's had some success. Um, so, you know, they need to, with the quarterback battle, you mentioned they have to settle that, um, between Derek Ponder, um, a Juco quarterback from Texas who has experience in the air raid, uh, and Jared Hayes, a returner who was the backup last season and, you know, he, for whatever reason, he didn't get much playing time behind Brent Lyles. Brent Lyles leaves at Hayes as the heir apparent, uh, and he's trying to fight Ponder for that. Um, he brings a little something different. He has a run pass option. Uh, he can do some RPO things. Uh, so I think that he would be, you know, if you see him coming into the game, you probably see a more ground-oriented thing, and that's not really what they want to do. Uh, they want to throw it around. They want to throw it 50, 60 times a game. Uh, and spread it out to a bunch of talented receivers and backs.
0: You mentioned the talented receivers. There's one in particular that just transferred in from FAU, uh, Nero Nelson, played at Colen last season. Tell us a little bit about how he's fitting into the Tiger offense.
1: Well, you know, it's tough. You know, the the rule of Jackson is you can't really talk to a guy until they've played in their first game. Uh, And, I mean, that counts the spring game, but Nero just arrived on campus, so I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet. Uh but from all everything I can understand from the coaches telling me uh he could be a guy that could contribute. Um I don't know that he's done the you know, top two of the depth chart at any position right now. Uh but I think that as the season goes along and I wrote a story about this in the Clarion Ledger yesterday, uh we have sixteen wide receivers here and I think they're probably gonna need all of them. Um because they just line up four and five wide so much and they try to go so fast that I think there's going to be enough playing time for all those guys to get some time on the field, and some more than others, obviously. But I think he's definitely a guy they'd like to get into the rotation by maybe the you know second or third week in the season.
0: Who are some of the other players to watch on this Jackson State offense?
1: Well, the quarterback Ponder. all eyes are kind of on him because you know that was their biggest weakness last season. Um, and if he's the guy that starts, as I expect he will be, um, you know you're going to see a completely different kind of player than anything Jackson State had last season. Um, but then on the outside, I mean, you guys look at guys like Romelo Shoemake and Carl Olley. Uh, those are both veteran wide receivers uh, who have kind of taken a leadership role for them. Uh, the best player on Jackson State's offense is probably Terrell Kennedy, uh, who was there. You know he was he was kind of their big play threat last season uh, from a running back position and they also kind of ran him in the slot a little bit this year i think he's going to be doing a lot more of that he's kind of an inside speedy guy um but he's a, he's a fantastic player when he's on and he has uh you know real big play capability uh which is i think you know probably one of the few things that you know i think that's what jackson state probably is going to have to do against southern miss uh is hit some big play.
0: you mentioned the defense earlier Uh, They run a three-three-five. Started to get more and more stout as the season went along. On paper, looked like a very uh, long, athletic defense. What can you tell us about this Jackson State Tiger defense?
1: Well, it's in you know again. This is a position where they had to replace some guys, uh, some key linebackers, but they they feel like they've gone out and done that. Um, They're going to be. This is the the secondary is by far the best part of the most veterans. Team coming back, the best unit on the team, uh, is the secondary. Um, those guys, you know, there's like, again, there's like 12 or 15 of them because they, (laughs) you know, they play six at a time. Um, or, you know, usually it's three, three, five, but they can rotate in a six if they need to. Uh, they like the safeties. They're big, fast guys that can run. Uh, they got, you know, guys returning at corner and CJ Holmes and Ryan Thayer that are just really good players. Probably would have been all conference if they had played the entire season, like they did the last, you know, four games, like we talked about. Um, But, uh, you know, they feel pretty good on that side of the ball. Uh, Up front, Malik Hamner is a guy to look out for. Uh, He's going to be playing a little inside and outside. Uh, He's a great big guy, 6'5", you know, 300 pounds, uh, but can really move. Uh, And then a linebacker, Darius Woods, uh, is a great player. And uh, Eric Bowie, is probably their best player at outside linebacker. He's a pass rush specialist. If you uh, you know, he he had like seven sacks or something like that in the spring game, I and mean, he's just ridiculous when he's in the game. Uh, the scheme they have, they don't really disguise what they're going to do, uh, but you don't really know wh- who's coming from where. Uh, and I would expect to see them blitz a lot, especially against Southern Miss.
0: Head coach Tony Hughes is a guy that many Golden Eagle fans are familiar with. He played here at Southern Miss. Back in the day, he also was a coach under Larry Fedora. What does a good showing in this game mean to Tony Hughes?
1: Yeah, you know, I used to, when I was working at the Hattiesburg American, uh, used to cover, I covered that team, uh, back then. And, you know, I think Tony's, you know, his thing was always, he was always the recruiting guy. He was the guru. He was the guy. Um, and before that, you know, he had worked in Oxford, um, for Ed Orgeron. I mean, he's been around, um, and so, you know, it, it will be a bit of a homecoming for him. Because uh, I remember well when, you know, he bled to black and gold. Um, he hasn't made too big a deal about it. Um, but, you know, I think he'd love to go down there, especially, you know, with it being Coach Hobson. And he and Coach Hobson go way back. You know, I can't think of two guys that would personify, you know, the Mississippi coach more than those two guys. Uh, they've been around. Coached all over the place, um, and they know the state better than just about any. I can't even imagine two more guys that will walk at Eden High School in Mississippi and get more respect than these two. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's going to be a cool matchup, and I think he's looking forward to it, um, even if he's downplaying it now.
0: What's the excitement like from the team and the fan base for this game?
1: Well, for Jackson State fans, it's, uh, you know, some of that cautious optimism. Um, you know, they. Obviously, Jackson State fans want to win <laughs> every game that's on the schedule. Um, and for good reason. You know, in the past, the program has had tremendous success, and it's kind of fallen on a little bit harder times now. Um, but, you know, things were getting better at the end of last season, and so they have that optimism going into this year. Um, and, you know, I think more than anything, they just don't want to get blown out or, uh, you know, they don't want to get embarrassed. Uh, they feel like they've got a pretty good team. Uh, and everybody's hyped about the offense. Um, so, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, they'd love to have a good showing, um, down there, but you know, it, it, it's, you know, I don't think there's too many who are thinking we're going to go down there and knock them off. Um, but you know, there's always a few. <laughs> what are the
0: expectations for 2018? How do you see this 2018 season playing out for the Tigers?
1: Well, I think you could go one to two ways. Um, I think that if you look at the schedule, the front, the front part of it is particularly difficult. Um, I think once they get into conference play and get settled down, as long as they don't have any key injuries, they're really going to be competitive in terms of winning the SWAC East. Uh, and that's something you couldn't say, uh, two years ago or even last season. Um, I think they have a chance to compete. I think they're going to be much improved. Um, the big deal for them is, kind of stealing one of those first three games um, because if they go into that fourth week of the season and, you know, they're 0-3 after being, you know, 3-8 and the past two seasons, you know, then you could get that, you know, the grumbling and you hear that, you know, people start calling for the coach's job and just you can kind of see it spiraling from there. Uh, that said, if they can kind of weather that storm early with the tough part of the schedule, uh, you know, they could have a chance to compete, and I think at the end of the year, I think fans would be better served to wait until the end of the season to make their final judgment. If you catch my drift,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Well, you grew up in the Cleveland family, media royalty here in Mississippi when it comes to sports journalism. Your grandfather, former SID here at Southern Miss, the press box is named after him, and then your father. Uh, legendary writer for the Clarion Ledger and ran the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame for a while. What was it like growing up in that family? And did you really have a choice on whether or not you were going into sports journalism?
1: Uh, I absolutely had a choice. Um, and it was my choice. My, my father's been trying to talk me out of it since <laughs> I was, I don't know, three or four years old. Um, with a funny story, we were, uh, his dad did the same thing to him, but one day we were riding down the road. Uh, you know, we get off the exit on the interstate and there's a homeless guy standing there with a sign, you know, and my, my dad says, I know that guy. And I said, really? He said, yeah, he used to be a sports writer. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's, that's what's going to happen to you. His dad did the same thing to him. Uh, but he said, you know, as long as you really love it and you really want to do it, good for it. And he was always supportive. Uh, I don't mind telling you like he still sometimes edits some of my stories uh from time to time. If I get caught with something I don't hesitate to call him and he does the same with me with his syndicated column and working over Mississippi to be today. So uh yeah, we've got a great relationship there and I was very fortunate to have him as an influence on I me. Mean, I, I know I wouldn't be in this business otherwise, um but you know, I don't <laughs> you know, I don't I don't I don't mind the late night so much. Um you know, as as his dad did back in the day, so I'm i enjoying it.
0: Well, you've had you've built quite the resume. How long have you been covering sports now?
1: Uh, let's see. I started. Let's see. I, I transferred from the University of Mississippi to Southern Miss in 2005, and was became the sports editor of the of the uh, Southern Miss student newspaper there prints and then uh started working for rivals.com did that for a little bit uh i guess it would have been 2005-2006 started working for the hattiesburg american about a year after that and i've been employed by the hattiesburg american or the clarion ledger pretty much ever since so it's been yeah uh, i guess 12 13 years now wow uh, so it's been yeah it's been fun though uh I don't, I, uh, you know, I don't, I can't complain at all. Uh, it was like I told my, when I was in kindergarten, the parents came in and talked and, you know, to tell about your career day, tell the kids what they do for a living and everything. And, uh, my mom comes in and it's like, you know, she travels all over the world and she does business deals. And, you know, I was trying to, you know, pump her up and so well, what about your dad? And I said, he just goes to the ball games. <laughs> He just goes to ball games and visits with his friends, um, and so now I'm living. You know, it's not the same as it used to be, but it all, it still has those kind of cool moments, and uh, you know, I really do enjoy it.
0: How are you adjusting to all the changes in
1: media? Uh you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, it's we, we the newspapers, as you know, have hit particularly hard. Um, by the change, uh, towards the internet. But, you know, we're doing our best to provide the best content we can online. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I'm not as tech savvy as I'd like to be. Um, but the reality is, is that the, the people we've hired recently, um, these younger folks that are coming up out of college, they know all about, you know, they're, they're in tune with what is going on. Um, and I'm learning some from them as we go, you know. I'm going to give you a tip or two on grammar or writing here and there, and they can help me out with, uh, you know, uh, setting up my Instagram account and my Snapchat and all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's just, it's part of it and it's fun. Um, You know, it's fun. I'm always looking for, you know, new ways to reach an audience. And, uh, you know, that part of it, I thought would be a pain. uh, It's been kind of fun.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Do you have any final thoughts on the game Saturday?
1: You know, I I really don't. Uh, I wish that, I I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that both teams stay healthy uh, because, and honestly, like, you know, when you're looking at Jackson state and you're trying to assess them, I, I feel like Southern Miss is far and away the best opponent they're going to face this season. And so to, you know, judge the new offense and judge everything based on this game may not be, as fair as it, you know, should be. Uh, And for Southern Miss, you know, I think the big, the big test, uh, the the unit that's going to get tested is that secondary. The Jackson State is going to throw it around. I know Southern Miss is replacing a lot of guys in that defensive secondary, Uh, but if they can win that battle, I think, you know, they have a great shot at winning the ball game.
0: That was Tyler Cleveland. Jackson State beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Let's move right along to my next guest. He's covered the Golden Eagles for as long as I can remember. I can't remember a time where he was not covering Southern Miss. He's with the Sun Sun Herald now writing about the Golden Eagles. Please welcome Patrick McGee. So how long have you been covering the Golden Eagles now?
3: Well, if you... Uh, if you go all the way back to my college days, uh, when I
0: went to Southern Miss, I was
3: working for the daily newspaper in, you know, Hattiesburg, the Hattiesburg American. So, if you want to add it all up, it would probably be in the neighborhood of, gosh, I would say if you want to do the math, it would be 15 years. But you know, full time basically since uh, late 2007. So it's been a while now.
0: I was trying to think of a time where you weren't covering Southern Miss. It's kind of difficult to do.
3: There was a time when I, I was in the news site for like two or three years, like back in oh four, oh three, oh four, oh five. But other than that, I've, it's in some form or fashion I've covered Southern.
0: And you always catch feedback from fans. But was it any worse at any other time than it was in twenty twelve? No,
3: I mean it was. As far as well, I mean that was just people were just at each other. They weren't necessarily at me as much. People were just totally unhappy in general. Uh so, it, you know, it, there are seasons that are worse than others, I guess, where people get agitated. But I don't really look back. I don't look back on any season. Well, that was, you know, that, that sucked. you know. but no, it was, I don't really have a time to where I really look to to where it was <laughs> time to cover Southern Miss. Uh, you know, wins or losses don't really impact me as much as they, uh, it impacts the fans. They're just sometimes the seasons where they have the best years are, are some of the more difficult years to cover.
0: So we got the first game coming up this weekend against the Jackson State Tigers. What are your thoughts on this Southern Miss football team heading into the 2018 season?
3: Uh well, I, you know, I, I was feeling really good about them about the time you know they you know, they suspended Quadre Griggs, and then that puts a little doubt in your mind. Uh, you saw this team potentially getting eight wins or higher, and then it just you add that little bit of uncertainty back into it, and it, it, I project. Eight and four. Whenever I sat down, really looked at the schedule, and that's based of, of course on Jack Abraham playing good football. But he's never played it down at FBS uh, uh, football, so there's some there's some uncertainty there. Uh, there are you know uh, areas where people look to as as points of concern, whether it's in the secondary where you have basically lost every one of your starters. But the more I look at the group, the more I've seen the group, the more I hear the staff talks talk about them. I think the starting you know, they have a good group of six or seven guys, really in secondary that they can rely on. But if the injuries pile up, maybe that becomes a concern. And just like it is a quarterback, if Jack Abraham goes down, maybe that becomes a concern. But right now, uh, as long as is everybody's healthy and playing well going into the second half of the season, they're they're definitely uh, potentially an eight win team.
0: Let's take a look at that schedule. You did a really good job with your article on breaking down how you thought the schedule could possibly go. First game, September 1st against Jackson State. You've got that as a win. It's a lock. I think Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty safe to say most people agree. The second one, ULM, Louisiana Monroe. We beat them last year. You've got it projected as a win, but you say it could flip the other way. I don't think people realize how sneaky that Louisiana Monroe team is right now.
3: Right, and there, you know, you see some bold projections. Of course, they're meaningless preseason. But some people see Monroe kind of making a leap forward this year. And I was pretty impressed with Monroe and its quarterback play last year in terms of athleticism. Uh, they present some issues, were able to uh, break some pretty big plays and uh, big gainers, and and you know they were competitive last year. I don't think the final score was really indicative of how Southern Miss outplayed them. Uh, but Monroe going into this year, I think they expect. I think it's be it towards third year, if I'm not mistaken, as head coach. Usually in that third year is whenever you see a step forward. So Monroe has a chance to, to really uh, uh, make it pretty competitive that Saturday.
0: Appalachian State you got as a loss, but you say it could flip the other way. I, I think a lot of the projections I've seen have us losing that game, but uh, you know mm-hmm. I think this is a game we could be a little dangerous in as well.
3: Yeah, it, it's it's the pressure is really not on because people expect you to lose that game on the road. It's a tough place to go play, but – you know, App State's got some, own, you know, some of its own issues to work through, inc- including a starting quarterback. So, uh, there's no guarantee that Appalachian State's going to be perfect, uh, that Saturday in Boone, North Carolina. So I think I give Southern Miss a shot, but that's, that's a really tough game, uh, to go and play. That's a tough place to play. Uh, I guess you call it the second rock or the first rock or the whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever they want to call it. But yeah, that's a, uh, that, that'll be a difficult road trip.
0: Then you've got, uh, Rice at home projected as a win, that, as a lock. Auburn on the road as a loss. That's a lock. Uh, North Texas, uh, projected as a loss. It could flip the other way. You know, that was a game that the Golden Eagles kind of gave away there at the end. Um, well, I say gave away. North Texas, you know, clearly came out and took it away, but that was a game that was a winnable game last year that the Golden Eagles just couldn't hang on to.
3: Yeah, I mean, Southern Miss played pretty well in the first half and then there was the second half where it was just a bit of a mess and North Texas really outplayed them in the final two quarters. Uh, North Texas has got important, it got experience in important positions including quarterback and Mason Fine. So North Texas is going to be a favorite to win the the West Division along with Louisiana Tech and and, uh, UAB. So North Texas going out there. Southern Miss has certainly got a shot there, but a lot of things are going to have to go their way.
0: UTSA, you've got uh, that projected as a win, could flip the other way. Uh, Charlotte's uh, win as a lock. Marshall, you've got it projected as a win, and then you got that as a coins toss. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be – that may be one of the – well, it could be the best home matchup this season for the Golden Eagles.
3: Yeah, that and Louisiana Tech. I think those two games you really point to as determining, you know, where this season goes. And Marshall, you got to get through Marshall first. And Marshall, I you know, the more I saw of Marshall I now, they played a really good bowl game against Colorado State. But outside of that, I thought they were kind of a little bit uneven. They beat bad teams, couldn't close out good teams, and now they lose their starting quarterback at Litton. Now they've got a transfer from Wagner, uh, who everybody's really high on at quarterback. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. But the, as far as Marshall goes, I'm not super confident uh, that they're going to make a run at that East Division. So I, I think – Coming to Hattiesburg, I, I would give Southern Miss a little bit of an edge.
1: Then
0: you got UAB um, projected as a, a loss for the Golden Eagles, and it being a lock. And you know that UAB team, although they haven't played football in a couple years, they've still got a pretty you know senior or, or upperclassman laden roster. And uh, you know right. after last year, they pretty much took it to the Golden Eagles.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be a. I mean they've basically got everybody back from a team that really put it on Southern Miss last year. Uh, I, I expect UAB to be really quite good this season. Uh, I'm a big believer in Bill Clark as a football coach. Uh, so yeah, going to UAB, that's a, that's one of those that you can't really mark as a W. I mean, that's, 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 pr- that's your toughest road trip within conference play. And, uh, Southern Miss is going to be playing really well at that point in the season to, to have a chance to win in Birmingham.
0: And you mentioned the Louisiana Tech game; you got that projected as a win, confidence level of a mm-hmm. coin toss, and then the final game against UTEP as a win, and that that being a lock. So, just breaking down the numbers, you got four locks as wins, two locks as losses, and then the other six could be a coin toss or could go the other way. Right. So, there's a, there's a lot of uns, you know, as there is every season, um, mm-hmm. just kind of how the ball bounces in each of these games. But I think that's a pretty fair projection. I would, you know, I would say. Six and six, in my opinion, would probably be the floor with maybe nine and three being the ceiling. Uh, but eight and four and seven and five obviously seen the most likely, but you could pretty much say that any year in Southern Miss history most times yeah. and, and be on the mark.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going, going back to last year, I predicted them to go to seven and five. And, you know, it looks fairly accurate because they go eight and four, but the wins and losses were just damn near impossible to, to predict last year. It was just a really tough year to pick wins and losses, but, End up being a pretty good season in the end because they won won some pretty good road games.
0: I saw an article you wrote about uh, you know Jack Abraham and and the big thing the coaching staff was looking for this season is a higher completion percentage and they seem confident mm-hmm. that he's going to bring that to the to the to the field this year.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, Shane and Dawson kind of put out an interesting stat Monday's uh, press conference saying that uh, Jack had completed seventy one to seventy two percent of his passes in practice during team drills uh that's a that's a really good number you know against a good southern miss defense in practice i mean it is it, it is practice i don't expect you know jack to really hit that kind of completion percentage but if he can hit you know in the 63 or 64% neighborhood that would be a dramatic you know improvement over last year when they were just around 55 56 uh and i think that's what abraham was always going to bring to this uh makes a quarterback is that he was gonna be the more accurate passer, maybe a little bit more conservative and not make taking chances he shouldn't. You know, last year, you know, Southern Miss really avoided an interception and I think Jack Abraham will do much of the same this year. Uh so I think Dawson has a lot of confidence that Abraham's not going to make the mistake whenever he calls, you know, gives him a chance to go downfield. He's not going to just risk it if it's not there. He'll he'll try to check it down and go to a shorter uh, uh, pass, you know, option. So I think Abraham, uh, will, will see completion percentages in this, you know, neighborhood of 64, 65, and they're going to have to get that out. Of Abraham, he's not quite the athlete that say Keon or Quadre was, but he's a good enough athlete to take off if necessary.
0: What do you see as being the strengths of this Golden Eagle football team in 2018?
3: I, you know, defensively, I think they're going to be pretty good. And as I think I pointed out earlier is just in the secondary. As long as they stay healthy uh, defensively, I think they have a chance to be very good. Uh, linebacking core is going to be really good. I like the front four. Uh, I think if the defense really sets the tone, that's what makes the difference. You can't put all the pressure on Jack Abraham to win games for you this season. So I think defensively they're going to be really good. Jaques Turner can get to the quarterback, and there's a lot of different guys that are going to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, so I, you know. It, to me, for this team to be really good this year, it's going to be up to that defense. And I think the defense was good last year. Uh, this year, I think I think they can even take it up, you know, another notch. Well,
0: where would you see the deficiencies being, or areas they would need to work on?
3: Well, you know, I think there's talented receiver, but there's a lot of unproven talent. Uh, Quez uh, Watkins, you know, was good, had really flashes of, uh, of, you know, potential stardom, but he also dropped some passes. Uh, you got to see Quez catch the ball a little bit more consistently. Then you put Jalen Adams, who also looked you know, good at times when he got his shot. Uh, but overall, the receiving core I think has to prove itself. I, uh, Tim Jones is somebody I, I've seen a lot of football out of ever since he was a freshman in high school, and he's you know supposed to start in a slot in the season opener against Jackson State. Uh, he's somebody that they're really going to need to have a big season. So. Uh if there's one area that kind of going in, I think people are concerned about the secondary, but I feel better about that group now. If there's one area where I just kind of in wait and see it's that it's in the passing game with Abraham and those in that young group of receivers so uh i I think really right now that's the 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 area that where you're just kind of you know just waiting and seeing and scratching your head, wonder if that group will kind of come together early in the season.
0: You mentioned watching Tim Jones, and obviously you're down with the Sun-Herald on the coast now, mm-hmm. and you've been able to keep up with some of the things going on with recruiting as far as Southern Miss athletics goes. I know we've got a commit down there, T.Q. Newsom. Can you tell us about him and some of the other inroads that Southern Miss is re- making on the recruiting trail?
3: Yeah, I think Hobson and his staff have done a good job of recruiting the coast. I think last year was a year where they didn't really pick up anybody down this way. But, you know, they're only going to sign guys they think can help them. And uh, T.Q. Newsom is a quarterback at Gulfport, but they've signed him as a running back. But the more I see of T.Q. as a quarterback, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, he, against, he really, not single-handedly, but he, he definitely made the difference when they beat Pedal last week. Uh, thrown for over 300 yards, thrown for four touchdowns. Uh, running for another 90 in a in a touchdown. He's you know he's six one and a half, six two, two hundred and eight pounds. Really big, strong guy that runs well. Uh He's just a you know I remember seeing him as a sophomore and thinking he was a pretty you know his, you know impressive guy as a sophomore. Now I've seen him develop as a senior and he's just gotten so much better with each year. So I think he's somebody that he still hasn't reached his ceiling as an athlete or as a quarterback. And the more I see of him, they might have to you know just at least give him a glimpse. At some point to see if he can, uh, do something for him. I think if he was, you know, if he had signed as a, as a, sign with a two lane or somebody that runs that type of an offense, a run based uh, spread or something like that, I think he would have a better chance to get behind center. But the more I see him throw the ball, the more I'm impressed. So TQ, I think has a, has a pretty good future wherever they put him. I think it's got to be an offense. He's too good with the ball in his hands, but I think as a running back, he's an impact guy. And he's also, you know, the more you see him, he's, I think he's got a shot at quarterback.
0: What has the reaction been down on the Gulf Coast to the uh, recent resignation of former Biloxi head coach Bobby Hall?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they, he, he he burned a few bridges when he left. Uh, he really kind of knocked Coast football, didn't think it was that great of a quality. And nobody down here thinks that, you know, uh, it's a different animal in the northern half of the state. Uh, for the longest, Hattiesburg really wasn't producing state championship caliber teams either. That's really changed in the last 15 years or so. Road, Grove, and Pedal, and some of these other teams have really stepped it up. So, uh, he, he didn't think too highly of Coast football, and he went up to Philadelphia in the last two games and decided it just wasn't for him, uh, and, and retired. But, you know, going back to the talent on the Coast, there's been really good individual talent on the Coast. Uh, you know, you got Louis Paul Smith at Diabreville. He's a, uh, a, a Southern Miss, you know, commit, and he's going to have, uh, he's got a bright future. I think on the offensive line at Southern Miss, whether it's at center or guard or something like that, he's a bright guy, a high GPA guy, uh, really a good team guy. So, uh, I think Jay and company have really done a good job of identifying talent down here. Desmond Lindsay, uh who's now at Memphis, did a really good job of com- recruiting the coast, and I think they've kind of continued that. Even I know the tight ends coach is down here working this area now. So, I would expect. There's going to be more talent coming down the pipe off the coast, but uh, Bobby Hall didn't think much of it. Maybe he just thought the other coaches just weren't as good as he was. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Who's a better interview, Bobby Hall or George O'Leary?
3: Oh, well, I know. <laughs> Are you asking me who's the bigger jerk or who's the better end? I
0: I guess either. I I guess I I was just kind of just doing that to make myself laugh.
3: Bobby Hall's Hall's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just got the big mouth and George O'Leary, he's just just George O'Leary. He's never happy wherever he is. He's just, you know, he's the grumpy, you know, guy from Brooklyn. Uh, he, He and I, I was never a big fan of his all the way back to Notre Dame and then you meet him you know, in person, you're like, wow, he is, you know, he is just not a pleasant individual. Uh, so, you know, I, I, you know, he was a good football coach, but as far as like on a personal level, Georgia O'Leary was not a nice person.
0: You just started up doing a Facebook live chat. Do you want to tell the listeners uh, how they can keep up with you on uh, on the Facebook chat?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh Every Tuesday at 4 p.m. during the football season, as long as there's a game that Saturday, I plan on hold on my professional Facebook pages. Uh, it's McGee on sports. They should be able to just search Patrick McGee, son, Harold, and it'll pop right up. So every Tuesday at 4 o'clock, people can come in there and ask their questions or or uh, harass me as much as they like.
0: Well, Patrick, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been a long time coming. Do you have any final thoughts on the game this weekend against Jackson State?
3: I'm just kind of interested to see what the crowd's going to be like. Really, I mean that's that's really, I guess, what people want to see when they go. They expect a pretty lopsided win for Southern Miss. I'm I'm hoping there's a good crowd. Jackson State usually brings a pretty good group down, and I would like to think the Southern Miss fans are going to show up this year. After the crowd just kind of fell short of expectations opening season last year, so I'm hoping for a good atmosphere and then for everybody to have a good time.
0: That was Patrick McGee of The Sun-Herald on the line with me now. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Jason, it is game week.
2: It is game week, and let me start it off by saying greetings and salutations from beautiful and breezy Long Beach, Mississippi. Um, actually, I went by the campus today down here. If nobody's ever had the chance to go by the uh, Southern Miss campus in Long Beach, then I uh, – suggest that you do it's a beautiful place it's a it's gorgeous outside it's game week i'm pumped uh
0: we met up the other day we met up this past weekend to go through the tailgating prep it looks like everything's in order the tents are in order the chairs are in order we're, we're getting the equipment down for the week getting ready to go for a saturday late morning
2: i already started thinking about what we're going to do for food and stuff like that but yeah we, we definitely you know we made the psa on the last show <clears throat> to get out and check all your stuff and we were in a lot better shape than I thought we were. Uh I know I gotta go get at least one more chair. I know we gotta get you a cooler. Um because you're Bobo back. And yes. uh and but but the tents were in good shape, man. We only have one that was down, so we got we got four tents that are good to go at any point and we can always add another one with uh with uh you know down the line. So getting pumped Oh and you know what else I gotta do? I gotta add some flags. I only have one flag from last year, and I want to see those flags flying around campus uh, on game day up and down Hardy Street everywhere. So car flags, need them.
0: There's some things that came out this week that, uh, you know, kind of some stuff we knew was coming, but some different things that came out to kind of get you a little more hyped up for the game this week. The new sound equipment was delivered. Um, Sound and communications out of Flowwood is doing the install. And fun fact – my grandfather, who was a huge Southern Miss fan, was the accountant for sounding communications for like 30 years. And I oh. know he would be super excited to know that they are installing the sound system at the rock. so but the, but they posted some videos on Twitter kind of showing them you know, putting the stuff in and, and some videos up from uh, from the video screen, I guess just under the video screen they had some videos on Twitter. so that was kind of cool and too the the football Twitter account, uh, they put out a new hype video, so we're not going to have the same hype videos that we've had the past few years. We've got some new stuff coming in, so I'm looking forward to seeing all these changes in effect on Saturday.
2: Yeah, just some more things to enhance the uh, game day experience, and that's what everybody wants, right? Um, if it could not be like 102 degrees Saturday, that would be awesome, but uh, I'll take that over pouring down sideways rain. So it'll be a 6 o'clock game. Weather looks good. Jay State's going to be going to bring a crowd, and uh, you know, and we, we got to be ready for this one. Um, you can't just come out and go through the motions against these guys because if you let them hang around, um, bad things might happen. I, I I fully expect us to to take the game, uh, but I'm just saying you can't let them hang around.
0: No, you got to take every opponent seriously. I, I think we're going to come out. I think we're going to come out on fire. I mean. I, schematically, I guess they could give us a little trouble early, but I don't. If if they do, I don't think it'll last long. I don't think they will. I mean, I certainly respect Jackson State, and they they've they've they came a long way last season. Much different team towards the end of the year, but I think our biggest, you know, the biggest difference between this team and teams we've had the past few years is the the size, the experience, and the depth on the line.
2: Okay, well yeah, as far as the line goes, I mean we're we're loaded there and we're also loaded at linebackers. So really that that front seven is probably gonna be the strength of the team. And um and and, and you know, I'm I'm kinda looking forward to it. Uh and speaking of people that played in the front seven, uh I don't want to jinx it, but I think we have a former legendary front seven type of player coming by the tailgate and probably get him on the uh for a quick interview for the next show.
0: Cool, cool, man. Looking forward to it. Well, also, we talked about this the other day. I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but uh found some Adidas gear, scattered it throughout Hattiesburg. Um, the campus bookmark has the new gold Adidas polo. They were out of my size when I went by there, but they still had some left. I know Barnes & Nobles has been, been bringing in some gear. And we found some some gems at J C Penney's, especially the uh, new Adidas T-shirts. This weekend is a gold out. Every game should be a gold out except for the blackout, but they're really pushing this one as a gold out. Everybody wear gold. So be sure you go out and buy your gold apparel if you don't have any already. Wear it to the game on Saturday. Makes for a great environment and a great atmosphere.
2: Yep. Thanks for that uh, tip on going to JCPenney. And I actually got the last one. I think I got the same exact one that you got, but I had to get something new for the year. I didn't want to take pictures all season long and the same exact stuff that I wore last year. And I wanted something with that Adidas on it, so it looks good, man. Adidas looks great. Saw they somebody tweeted out a picture earlier, and I sent it to you. They actually have the Adidas on the, uh, I guess like the the legs that hold up the jumbotron. Yeah, yeah. Got a big got, got a big Adidas logo right there. It looks great. So the old the old girl the, the rock is uh is really taking shape, man. Can't wait for people to see it who haven't been there yet.
0: Also in Southern Miss news this week. Jay Hobson signed a four-year extension by four-year extension, basically adding two years onto his current deal, uh, through the 2022 season. Wow. That's coming up. So congratulations to Coach Hobson. Got a little more money for his assistance. Um, I, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. I think he's got, I think good things are happening with the football program. We've had, you know, two straight winning seasons. Uh, but I think that the way the program is building, I feel like, you know, this year should be a solid year. Could go uh, several different ways, but the next two years we should be stacked, especially from a roster standpoint, which we haven't been in quite some time.
2: Yeah, and it's it's, it's so good to finally get some of these assistants a little bit a little bit more money. H- how much money did the assistant pay go up? Do you know?
0: I don't know. I just saw that it went up. I don't know exactly how much it went up, but uh, it went up some. And we we definitely have a long way to go in that regard, but something over nothing.
2: Yeah, well, that's the big thing, and I know that Hobson's pay and isn't, isn't what really up to par with the rest of college football. But come on, man, five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars—that's going to take me a while to make. I don't know about you, and that's just the base of it, right? There's uh, incentives all around, and and um, you know, I've got a doctor friend of mine that's moving here, doing his fellowship right now in Tampa, and when he moves here, I think he's going to be making like three fifty. So he's making, you know, more than what a surgeon is going to make, which is still plenty. I don't know about you. I think I could make it on five hundred thousand dollars. And just because you pay your coach a little bit more doesn't necessarily mean he's a better coach, right? Money doesn't equal wins. Helps a little bit. Helps you buy nice and shiny things. But, uh, but you know, it's nice to know that we're kind of inching our way towards that, and that uh, with a place like Hattiesburg, we got all the potential in the world if everybody would just kind of fall in line and start pulling on the rope the same, the uh, same direction.
0: On Monday this week, the coaching staff released their depth chart for the game against Jackson State. Uh, a lot of the positions kind of to be expected. I'm not going to go through the entire depth chart, but a couple of notable things that I noticed. Um, you know, the starting receivers. You had Quez Watkins and Jalon Adams, so we pretty much knew those two were going to be starters. And then Tim Jones was named the starter. And you've got, I mean, you've got so many receivers there that are going to play. It really doesn't matter who starts and who doesn't, but... Uh, interesting fact that Tim Jones is going to be the one. Looks like he's going to be the one to start out of the slot, and he's a guy that can play inside or outside. Uh, Jack Abraham. It's On the depth chart, it's got Jack Abraham or Marcelo Rodriguez. Uh, the coaches have all but said that Jack is going to be the starter, so you kind of have to expect that. The two deep at running back, Tes Parks and T. Rod Daniels. Of course, you'll probably see Steven Anderson, uh, maybe some Travinsky Mosley, D- Darius Mayberry, George Payne. So you'll see a lot of those guys. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, everything pretty much to be expected. One thing that popped out to me, uh, at the field corner position with Rashawn Mitchell, uh, backing him up, true freshman, J.J. Jones out of Brookhaven. So that's, that's two, uh, true freshmen here in the two deep. Uh, of course, on the other side of the ball, Trace Clopton is the, uh, starting mm-hmm. center, also from Brookhaven. So what a team they must have had in Brookhaven last season. Those are the only things that really pop out to me. Everything else is kind of shaking out as expected, but it got me thinking. We usually talk about it before the season. Let's talk a little bit about maybe who we think our breakout players are going to be on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You want to start with offense?
2: Sure. I'll go with offense, Um, and this is a guy who has been around for a while, so he's not going to be somebody that we haven't heard of uh, or an under-the-radar guy. But I'm going to go with Tez Parks. You know, this guy has never... He's, we've really never seen him healthy um, since he arrived on campus. Now, we've seen him show flashes um, of speed, uh, flashes of, you know, everything that, in, that goes into being a good running back. It's just, whenever we see it, um, he either gets hurt again or, don't forget him, he is behind two of the best running backs we've had in quite a while in uh, Ito and Jalen. So, uh, he showed that he could carry the load. I think I think it was the Louisiana Tech game last year, maybe where he, uh, where, where Ito went out early and Tez, I don't know, ran for around ninety or hundred yards and had a score or two. I think um, he has a chance to to be that breakout player, even with a deep running back group. Um, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He has the speed, and at this point, certainly he knows the offense. So, for my breakout player on offense, I'm going to go with Tez Parks.
0: I'm going to go a little under the radar for some fans. Some that that follow really closely uh, probably know a little something about this guy, Neil McLaurin, wide receiver, Jones County. Jones County's finest. He um, he played quarterback. You know, he, he first he went to Minnesota, then he transferred to Southwest Community College, where he switched to wide receiver. Uh, very. Tall, very athletic. He's got great ball skills if you watched his videos. And they're going to be using him in a a lot of different ways. Uh, Coach Hobson referred to him as a slash. So you may see him some out of the Wildcats, some certain quarterback uh, situations. Uh, You're going to see him at receiver. Uh, He he was a little banged up, but uh, I think he's good to go. But that's the guy that I'm really, I really think is going to do big things while here at Southern Miss. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Who are you going with on defense?
2: Defense? My pick is going to be very similar to my offensive pick. Again, not under the radar. Been here for a while. Tremendous leadership ability. And that is uh, Picasso Nelson from right down the road in Oak Grove at uh, Oak Grove High School. Um, And, you know, Tez and and Picasso, it's kind of their last crack at this thing, you know. Um, They've got one more year to go. Who knows if they get a shot at the next level? Um Picasso might have an edge over Tez right there. But who knows? Tez has a fantastic year. There they are. But the one thing that's certain is neither one of them can come back and play again next year, right? Correct. So, um, so, so yeah, uh, I, I want to go with, with Picasso. I think his his leadership ability in the uh, secondary and the wealth of knowledge that he has with all of those young uh, cornerbacks, not necessarily young, and there are a lot of them are junior college transfers, but the uh, inexperienced Division One players that we have in the secondary – I think he's going to be able to to um, to really lead those guys and really lead by example, and uh, I think it's going to be invaluable having him back in the lineup.
0: I'm going to go with um, you know a guy, a newcomer to the team, uh, cornerback Ty Williams from uh, Charleston, Mississippi, uh, by way of uh, East Mississippi Community College last year. Uh, we got him playing cornerback here. Uh, great speed great ball skills. I think he's going to be, he's already locked in as a starter, um, but I think he's going to do big things this season as well. And kind of a wild card. He's not on the two deep right now. And uh, we got so much depth up front. I'm not sure he will be, but I'm really curious to see what Nick Dawson uh, brings to the table as far as a pass rush and a, and a, and a defensive end. He's a guy that's very athletic. Uh, Once he figures things out here, he's, he's definitely going to play in into the mix this year on that defensive line. So, We'll see if that comes true. I wanted to go T Rod. I did last year, but I kinda don't want to jinx him. So I'm I hoping. I thought T
2: Rod showed up as the uh, as the two, right? Behind uh Tez.
0: Correct, correct. Yeah, I think I think he'll get some play this year and you know they're gonna use him some catching balls out of the backfield. He's got the speed, so that's the thing about that. The we got a lot of speed on both sides of the ball. It's gonna be fun to watch. Um I don't know if you saw this. So this past weekend, Major League Baseball, players weekend. That's where the players get to choose their nickname to put on their jerseys. Uh, for example, Cody Carroll with the Orioles now, he went with CC on the back of his jersey. Brian Dozier went with Bull, and he kind of attributed it to his, uh, a nickname he got back in college, Bull Dozier. I'm sure if you kept up with the team around that World Series run, you remember the whole Bull Dozier thing. But uh, also on his sleeve on that jersey, it said, thank you, people of Mississippi, which I thought was pretty cool.
2: Got some pretty good run on our Facebook page, too, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it did. It sure did. Um,
2: yeah, uh, but kudos to Dozier. Um, he's one of those guys that I, I'm not sure if he can do the wrong thing, you know? Um, it almost irritates me he's so good at everything, including, like, engaging the fans. <laughs> uh, you know, like while he's in college, he, he played in a band. He's good looking. He's the best player on a baseball team that went to the college World Series. He can play the drums. He can play the piano. I entered into a golf tournament one time, one of those Southern Miss golf tournaments. I was a pretty good player at the time. I had a pretty good team. Uh, Dozier's team won it. <laughs> so this guy's just good at everything, and it's nice to see him still, uh, still representing the people of Mississippi from way out in uh, L.A.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I'm going to throw this at you. I just figured this out yesterday, actually. So during our bye week, my wife has kind of a work trip thing to Minneapolis that we're going to, right? And mm-hmm. the Vikings aren't playing at home. It's like the perfect storm. There's nothing going on. But the Minnesota Golden Gophers are playing. And nor I don't really cheer for college teams or whatever. I'm pretty much a Southern Miss guy. But here's the kicker. So Minnesota, that weekend, in, in Minnesota, is taking on the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I almost feel kind of like I have to go root Against the Hawkeyes, <laughs> given this is one of the one chances I'm gonna have for any kind of a redemption at the whole logo fiasco. I was like, I should wear my Southern Miss stuff, and then people will, will will see if they think I'm Iowa or not. And when they realize I'm not, and then I'm cheered against them. We'll just see how it goes. But
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like wear some of that. Wear the uh, the intermediate logo, the round one that they had a problem with. Yeah, we- wear a hat like that, a shirt like that, some shorts like that, or whatever. I don't know about shorts in Minnesota that time of year, but. Yeah, that that would be awesome. And if you do it, we need a live report from the stands.
0: Oh, I'm for it. I I the tickets are pricey and I don't I know like everybody I know that lived up there moved away except for one guy, so I don't even know if he goes to games or not, <laughs> but I may venture out there while she's doing some of her work stuff and and go check out the game. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but I thought that was kind of funny. All right, let's shut it down. It's game week. You got things to do. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Tyler Cleveland. You can follow him on Twitter at Tyler Cleveland. Special thanks to Patrick McGee. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick underscore McGee. That's M-A-G-E-E. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at Bumper J. Bailey, Facebook as well, Instagram at to the top talk. Lots of good things happening on our Instagram page. Upcoming comedy shows, like I said at the top of the show, huge announcement this past week on Friday, October the 19th. That's Homecoming weekend, the night before Homecoming. We've got Hannibal Burris back at the Sanger Theater. Tickets are on sale now. Special thanks to everybody who came out to see Martha Kelly at Thirsty Hippo this past weekend. Had an amazing show. Great times there. All right. It's game week. Jason Bailey, any final words for the Southern Miss fans?
2: Looking forward to seeing uh, the quarterback play this Saturday. You know, we went from a really super experienced uh, quarterback room to a completely inexperienced quarterback room in a hurry. Uh, so looking forward to seeing those guys get out there sling around and get some experience and uh, figure out what we're going to look like at the uh, quarterback position.
0: All right, Brother Wall, we'll see you out there Saturday, lunchtime-ish. We're going to have a great day out there outside of campus, uh, tailgating and getting involved in all kinds of shenanigans and whatnot. You guys look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Give us a rating. Give us a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.